Uh, as I said, I'm the orange one. Which one are you, Amir? <laughs> I'm, I'm the slutty one. Hello. We're back. We are back. Um, Flemmy as ever. <laughs> it's like, it's been two months now since I've had COVID. Oh no. I'm really flummy. So my apologies. A long COVID sufferer. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Good. Just enjoying my Soda Stream Pepsi Max. Mm-hmm. Is that a? It's not a knockoff. No, it's a licensed uh, Pepsi syrup, but it's obviously not the same thing. <laughs> uh huh. Tastes off, but I still enjoy it. Did I ever um, tell you that um, Israel until? Like the re- relations with the states warmed up, like after the, like in the late fifties, I think, or something like that. Up until then, Israel's like biggest ally was Russia, aka the Soviet Union, and so uh-huh. certain like big household American products never made it to Israel. Like they didn't make it to Israel until after the sixties, such as Coca Cola, oh, and wow. so Israel was actually one of the countries where like Pepsi cola had the like the highest prevalence rates oh yeah outside of the states um yeah pepsi made it first to um the social states yeah well i guess Uh you had it in poland as well yeah there was pepsi but then there was coke later too right no but i mean like first exposure was pepsi and then yeah yeah. cola Um, anyway i like pepsi better sorry Pepsi taste test. I haven't I haven't had it in a long time. I just prefer the flavor, but I'm I'm a sugar-free hoe now. Uh-huh. I just find uh the sugar and pop to be too much now. It's too sweet. Is that so? Yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> um aren't we all? But you know the the most stressful part for me leading up to the recording of our podcast is like curating my drinks and just making sure <laughs> Are you one of like, those uh, cu- millennial cusp bitches <laughs> who TikToks about her three, her array of three beverages? Here's a day in the life of a Google product manager. Come get ready with me as I get laid off. <laughs> oh my God. I keep getting these TikToks now and they're like, like ironically, delayed. you know, they're like a month and a half old about yeah. the day in the life. And then everyone in the comments like, Shouldn't have gloated so much because you've been laid off now. Right. Daniel Keller uh, tweeted something clever. I'm going to look it up. Um, oh, I saw that. <laughs> of course, I cannot find it now. Uh, basically saying that all these TikToks were, were essentially a psyop. <laughs> like a... Uh, totally. A, 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 like a pre-justification for all these layoffs. Oh, totally. I mean expectations got high as did salaries um yeah can you like can you imagine moving (laughs) to the big city and like sending these videos or uh pictures to your parents from like the 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 breakfast buffet and the lunch chai latte oh my god also gratitude all-time low like I think if you're being exploited, you should not be grateful, but like you're not being exploited by making right. $400,000 a year or whatever and like yeah. nonstop, uh, like make your own whatever bar. Right. 
We should have a friend of the pod, Natalie, come on and share some of her survivor experiences. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, next time I'm in New York, we should do that. I think that'd be oh, really yeah. fun. Totally. Um, we can stop by your studio. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Natalie. Also, I have to give another shout out to our new super fan, Gretty. Um, super fan? Does she get a badge? She- She's getting a badge. She has binged uh, like 30 episodes in three days. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so she's an expert now on the world of Amir. <laughs> um, her and I have been friends for almost 20 years, so she knows what's up. But yeah, shout out to Goretti and Little Canal. Um, for any particular to to reason. New York. It's been too long. Sorry? For any particular reason or just a general shout out? Yeah, I'm just giving a shout out that um, she's a super fan now. Oh, I see. Um, we love our listeners. I mean, I lo- I don't love all of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, friend of the pod, Thomas, is in a show in Nashville now. I learned through Instagram, and then I hit I him up, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was in Nashville briefly, and um, mm-hmm. we... We actually, yeah, I missed him. Um, I'm trying to look up where the show is. It's in his alma mater, if I'm not mistaken. What a shitty shout out. I can't even like fully mention where the show is. Anyways, look it up. Check it out if you're in town, such as me. If you're in town, say hello. I'm still here. Have you had any fun snacks since we last talked? (laughs) uh what have we had? oh there's this really there's this really good australian cafe called hearts around the corner for me um it's just the most the most elevated breakfast foods i've had in my stay here in town it's like what you'd expect of an australian like culinary experience i guess say avocado toast in an australian accent let's have our uh, let's have our listeners uh chime in on that one and as we were as we were dining there having uh having brunch we saw one of the actors from nashville actually funnily oh enough. my god that must have been jordan's dream come true yeah uh the guy who plays gunner Sam Christian Scott, whatever, who's not even American. He's Australian. No, British. Sorry. Um. Anyways, they had him wait for a table for like 25 minutes. Oh, my God. Um. Oh. Excuse me. I'm from Nashville in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, that was a major faux pas of theirs. Anyways, food is really good there. Uh, just like like fancy full of bullshit like australian <laughs> food but just really yummy they didn't have decaf though so i had to like fucking drink mm. like some some decaf chai something latte mm. um what else we've just flat we've been whites ch- they invented flat whites i don't think i've ever had a flat white it's good uh i've i've been trying i've been trying to go more tame on the food consumption here because like the the honeymoon vacation period of my stay here it's kind of reaching its end i even like drove like seven miles the other day just to get a salad because the like salad culture is not that big here like it is in new york um but there's no sweet green there no god i thought I that was a sweet green city no it's not it's it's mm. a weird the city's a weird hybrid because it's like 
it's the shallow south so in that respect like there's southern food sort of but it's also like a a blue enclave yeah but then you have Kristen cavallari and uncommon james there what is that Kristen cavallari is from laguna beach and then she joined the cast of the hills uh which i was bombarding you with yesterday Mm -hmm. and she's dating i believe a football player uh sorry married had kids they may be divorced already but she had a reality show where it's like her and the shop girls at her new boutique. She opened in Nashville called Uncommon James. Mm-hmm. I don't think the store is doing well, nor the associated brand. Is that the jacked British man who's dating a a three three foot five woman who looks <laughs> like she's eight? <laughs> As seen in today's nypost.com. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to see yeah um he's hot <laughs> but but clearly he has he has some kind of an issue because like why oh like, totally also when people like call the news on themselves like yeah. people think i'm a freak yeah <laughs> there's nothing wrong with us <laughs> um okay mm. so for today's episode we decided to be a little better behaved and stick to our original mission statement and to talk about art <laughs> And so we're going to do with just a touch that. of sass with, yeah, with more than a touch of sass <laughs> with a heavy schmear of sass. Um, <laughs> what should we talk about first? Um, um, well, age before beauty. So <laughs> you get to pick a mirror. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm just a few months <laughs> younger than you. <laughs> right. I always, I always feel like you're like three years younger than me, just because you're what? so vivacious and has, oh, have such great complexion. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks. Well, you're uh, a February birthday. I will not um, reveal your exact birth date uh, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm a May birth date. Oh. So. Uh, there's just something about your like your your Asiatic complexion that just doesn't need any retinoids except for my rosacea true that's but it's yeah. mild rosacea it's very yeltsin-esque of you <laughs> um anyways i'm seeing that the, when is it starting next week oh january 29th is a the hoffnung 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 public program in Switzerland in Engadin, if I'm like pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's like an art talk summit or whatever. It's actually called Hoffnung? Hoffnung. Um, Hope. Hope. Yeah. Uh, it's like a public program event at Engadin, which I've never heard of in Switzerland, featuring some some big ticket item speakers such as Ai Weiwei um actually that's where the list ends because i mean he's just the biggest name on the list then it's like matthew lutz kinoy who shows with mendez wood if i'm not mistaken also what's what's robbie's gallery's name i forget fitzpatrick uh i think it's just called fitzpatrick now yeah oh anyways because i'm pretty sure he shows him too camille Anron, surprise surprise <laughs> um, um perfect for the banker father connection yeah, exactly. But it's pretty easy for them, and I'm sure she said yes to that because it's merely a week after the Davos um, 
summit and so how fitting it is to have this art event at the uh (coughs) just a week after davos i'm sure she took that old-timey train oh you know the really fancy one yeah we like years ago uh, a friend of the pod sage came i probably told this story a million times on the podcast already but a friend of the pod sage came to visit us in berlin and we took we flew to zurich i think and then took the mountain train or like the regular train to the mountain train to oh get i didn't to, know you did that yeah to go to livigno which is like an alpine valley village right on the italian side of the of the border Mm-hmm. Um and you you get to it through this like one way tunnel that has a, like a daily schedule of like letting people in and out in certain directions and we spent uh I guess like five days there mm-hmm. uh at like mutual friends chalet which was really really nice oh that sounds nice uh, they all were skiing and we were just like they were skiing and we were apprehending as as it's called because we we don't ski like believe you me i grew up in israel i do not ski (laughs) uh even though most of like all of my my cousin's children they like go to uh what's that what's that a uh, polish ski resort zakopane yes they go there all the time they're like yeah it's like they're like yeah it's the cheap like it's a cheap alternative to like going to the alps or whatever oh wow let's yeah. go with them sometime i want to learn i'm scared that like my bones are too brittle at this age <laughs> whose bones i'd like i i don't even want to experience the potential of sh- shattering bones in this uh activity well i saw a 98 year old in the new york post she's like i'm still skiing and i was like okay if she can do it and at that age one small fall will kill you so yeah no that look maybe looks i can awful. try it <laughs> Um, anyway, so there's that art event happening, uh, the Engadin Art Talks. Um, their mission is to bridge and integrate art, architecture, and landscape with a holistic visitor's experience. Um, sounds fake. What does that even mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It's, uh, sounds like, uh, what did I call it? <laughs> a think tank that does nothing nor accomplishes anything. Basically. I'm also, I don't know if, if it's a me problem or their pro- they problem, but like any event that takes place in Switzerland, I'm like, what is, like, who's laundering money there? Yeah. What, what are the tax implications of this? Yeah. Um, um, anyways, there's that. I only mention it so as to reference the davos world economic forum that just uh that just ended a few days ago um what else is going which apparently on? is sinking in terms of its um clout i heard oh really yeah but i don't know what that means so i saw a thing that they don't <laughs> even have an airport there so they have to like all the private jets have to land like an hour outside of davos and then they God. have to it's like an hour drive so but they all like helicopter they all chopper in from there did uh kim air fly in this year oh my god is that kim jong-un or kim kardashian <laughs> kim kardashian um, Spe- oh no she was too busy at harvard talking about skims oh my god now she's an amazing businesswoman yeah 
which we know Chris Jenner is the amazing businesswoman. Okay. Uh, yeah. Has she finally passed the uh, gestational bar, whatever it's called? <laughs> um, <clears throat> she did. She did pass the baby bar. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um. What I are some object? Other- yeah. What are some other news? Um. Uh, is there a Louis Vuitton boutique in Nashville? <laughs> um, I'm gonna have I'm just to look wondering. it up. <laughs> have you noticed one? Are there like luxury brands there for all the country music stars, the country and Western world elite? There's one big shopping mall that we were recommended to go to at the, uh, it's the, like the, uh, what's it called? The, the mall at Green Hills. Mm-hmm. It has like has all the big brands or like I'm looking I'm looking up the uh the selection. It's not even like it's nothing I would be interested in. Like Dillard's, Nordstrom, Brighton, Madewell, Love Sack. What's Love Sack? But there's a Louis Vuitton store there. Oh there is. Yeah, I just Googled. It says it's uh at two one two six Abbott Martin Road. Yeah, but there's also an Auntie Anne's there, which, like, how fancy could that be? (laughs) Imagine that disgusting Auntie Anne's pretzel smell wafting (laughs) into the Louis Vuitton boutique as you're trying to spend thousands on a bag. Yeah, there's a Zara there. It's just incredible to me the, the amount of stuff I'm used to from New York and, like, there's no access to here, such as uh you know basics a uniqlo or this or that there's just they don't have those brands here i'm shocked there's no uniqlo there if there's a louis vuitton at the mall yeah um anyway well i was asking because uh the yoya kusama um (laughs) collaboration has been burning up that old racist (laughs) yes say more wait what happened what was what what are the racism allegations uh she's old and she's japanese like it's <laughs> it's a given oh my god where uh, was the where was the like original expose about her alleged racism oh i didn't know there was one there was some like original or, yeah i think i'm looking it up now there was a vice article maybe yeah entitled japan's most famous avant-garde artist banned us from her studio uh, oh my God. it's it's a, a black journalist who's supposed to interview her and allegedly she had uh put the kibosh on that because oh they God. were black and um here this week i had the honor of experiencing two rare artistic blessings first i was able to meet japanese avant-garde artist yayu kusama in person in her new tokyo museum then hours later i was banned from her personal studio um oh let me scroll down um yeah, there was just like a back and forth between Vice and her studio. And I guess at some point she had realized uh, um, <clears throat> he was black. And then uh, where is it? A few hours later, we received an angry email from the head of Kusama's PR company. My producer called to ask what was wrong and was told that Kusama had not been aware I was going to talk to her and that the questions were low quality. Oh um God. The company insisted I, I not insisted I not speak to her again. Any further coverage would proceed only on the condition that I wouldn't be physically present. 
Oh uh, my god. I'm I'm scrolling down for the like the more juicy allegatory part. And what um, year is this from? 2017. Oh my god. Um <clears throat> Okay, for example, black people make several appearances in Kusama's 2002 autobiography as exotic or primitive beings. She breathlessly marvels at black people's distinctive smell and animalistic oh sex God. techniques. She recalls using a naked black man in her performance art, apparently for visual effect, describing his lips and genitals in detail. She also laments that the area in Greenwich Village where she used to live has turned into a quote-unquote slum where real estate prices are quote-unquote falling by $5 a day because oh quote-unquote black people are shooting each other out front. This sentence is only in her original Japanese text. It was deleted from the English translation, curiously. Um, anyways, I mean, she, she can't Canceled. Help. Yeah, she can't help it. She's Japanese. You know, it's an ethno-fascist uh, fascist state. Like, w- literally, what do you expect from them? I mean, the, Age 93. Yeah. Also, the country's known for its, uh, I wouldn't say disdain of foreigners, but it... It makes it practically impossible for anyone to, uh, uh, you know, move there for professional or personal reasons. And even if you're born and raised there and are, uh, you know, a halfling, so to speak, you're they look at you funny. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not surprising. Uh. It's just in this current climate, it's like, why does she get a pass? You know. I mean, I don't think people know. I've never heard that. So I think a lot of people were just unaware. I mean, I, 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 this came to my awareness a few weeks ago and I ran it by Jordan. He was like, oh yeah, it's a known, it's a known thing about her. So it's, it has been. I mean, granted Jordan lived in Japan. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think it's like (laughs) common lore in Japan that Kusama is like a rabid racist against black people. So how many black people are there in in Japan? (laughs) Like the the things I hear about her regularly are like she you know she chose to move into like a psychiatric hospital permanently and like right that kind of stuff. Um, never mm-hmm. heard that insane racism. Right. So you're saying uh, she's ple- she's pleading crazy? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying like that has not been part of the lore I always hear about. Right. You know, it's like it's never mentioned in articles. Whereas like other things like that by other artists would be constantly inserted into articles yeah you know like in the last like quarter of the article be like in whatever year like blah blah blah, and they would just like bring it up over and over i mean it's i i've i've stopped trying to understand who gets a uh who gets the chair in this climate and who doesn't like i don't know why she gets a pass and others don't yeah I mean, and also like the beyond. market and the machinery and yeah, but then but then again, the market also like kills other uh, yeah uh, others for similar reasons. It's like Beyonce just... and her Dubai performance. Like, why is that oh okay? <laughs> yeah, and then the people like T.S. Madison, who I love, going off that there's a double standard. It's like, sorry, Beyonce performing in a country where uh, you can be stoned to death. Um for homosexual acts is not the same as like Beyonce performing in Florida because there's like a don't say gay law or whatever. Right. Uh, you know how in Sukkot there's uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the holiday of Sukkot. Uh, I am, let's say half familiar. 
Okay. But why I'm didn't take, you tell uh, us more? I'm just taking you on a short detour. Uh, so <laughs> one of the customs of Sukkot is what we call the four species. It's four four plants and like one three three plants and one fruit that you like there's a, there's a tradition of like blessing over it and stuff like that and one of the one of the fruits you use is a, is a citron which is like it's a family member oh, that of the, i know that ugly like barely fleshy citron yeah yes um anyways but the, the citron has a like the most important part of the citron is the tip of the citron and if that for some reason falls off, the citron is not kosher anymore, and it's not valid for the whole like blessing ritual. Mm-hmm. And so the the way they sell citrons for Sukkot is they put them in a box and they pad them, and it's like they make sure nothing gets like lost in the uh, in the transport. And so over the years in the Hebrew language, they're like the word for citron is a tog, and they've they've turned it into a verb so as to indicate something that is like really heavily <laughs> guarded, so that like no harm could come to it. And they they use that verb in the context of like um, I don't know, like political leaders or whatever who you like you you wouldn't like you'd look the other way just because you're rooting for them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I see that it wasn't a short detour; it was a long detour. Um, I feel like that's something that that she's been etrogged. She's been etrog- etrogified. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Honestly, I would be I would be a bigger advocate if this happened circa 2011 when the self debut a self title album came out. But like I, yeah. I just have no no passion for her anymore, so I'm I'm not even standing. Yeah. Also, remember when she like performed for an event hosted by Gaddafi's son <laughs> in St. Bart's? <laughs> no, in like 2011. Yeah, it happened, and I googled it today just to like confirm the details. And there I mean, was a brouhaha then. It's, I don't know. I don't say all these people; they need to make money somehow. Just the fact that there's such a grotesque amount of lip service paid by them for causes that, when push comes to shove, they couldn't. It's not they couldn't care less about, but clearly they choose money over. Oh, totally. Know, ethics or whatever. Um. Yeah, yeah, I just and also sorry when you're like worth half a billion and then your husband has another bill half a billion or whatever. It's like uh criticize away. <laughs> like right. Like she's though, infallible. I, she is infallible. I will say though, both of them, I really appreciate that they're so they're not good looking people necessarily like he's he's not an attractive man and i really appreciate that in the current cultural moment to have room for people who are like you know they dress well they're very like you know they they look the part basically as rich people but like he's he's not a he's not an attractive man and so like i like that because like you know you go to the movies every single adaptation or whatever it's like it's bombarded with like picture perfect like models i don't need to no, see good, look, good looking people everywhere um yes. actually when you think about it, a lot of pop stars aren't actually attractive it's just the they're sheen yassified of, like, yeah they're yassified it's like having money having like your hair and makeup done the clothing yeah but i mean with uh, jay's with jay-z it's like it's glaring because he's yeah. so He's not ugly, but it's just so not attractive. I mean, everyone on the internet was like, I hope uh, Blue Ivy looks like her mother. So, And she does. And she, She's like she kinda, a one-to-one. Well, she, one. looks, 
she looks like she's yeah she's split down the the middle like between the dad and the mom like i don't know um, um yeah well sp- speaking of money um i'm just looking up the i know it's a few months old but it's still good fodder for a conversation the sotheby's uh the now evening auction from a couple of months ago <laughs> um our lead in to this topic is uh, virgil abloh's unique efflorescence desk which was estimated at a high bid of one hundred and eighty thousand dollars um and uh you you saw the picture right yes what is that um like is that an is that an actual like design object desk that was like auctioned? i guess i mean <clears throat> he has a he has like an arc sorry had sorry he had an architecture background um i guess it was just the constant war of like being creative and right but then i'm just like it looks okay, like it's from 2019 con- executed by gallery crayo paris in 2019 yeah it just looks resin. like a like a concrete swiss cheese wall with like graffiti tag on it yeah i mean whatever it's like so much designer furniture of all type is just like impractical and ugly and just right. like but then this it's like sorry the like and the graffiti it just looks cheesy it does look cheesy well if you look back at go ahead no no go ahead if you look back at the uh at the entire lot um whoops sorry um number one at the top is anna wyant which i've never heard that name oh have you missed all the articles about how she's banging larry gagosian oh that's her you see zero name recognition like i know the face and like yeah okay that makes sense so it's like the kind of name that when i see it it clicks that it's her but like if someone mentioned conversation i might not you know what i mean uh very well executed but (laughs) not necessarily with any added value yeah it's like um a more bland John Curran. I I wouldn't even compare that because John Curran is so much a uh, um I wouldn't say perversion, but there's there's so cheeky in like a Renaissance yeah. kind of way. And hers yeah, and they have are like just, a camp sensibility and Yeah. Hers are like i i truly cannot utter a single neg- negative uh, word about them because there's they're beautiful but they're not for me yeah they're for rich people that have those like insane um new york apartments or townhouses with yeah. like contemporary yet classical elements uh combined right so then this painting is a perfect safe uh trophy piece yeah inoffensive uh so she's from calgary originally Mm -hmm. i gotta say with figurative work like there's there's two things i i judge you by i like how good of a vignette or a mirror is is your work into your soul or the way your brain works and am i interested in the people like would i want to have a conversation or get to know the people 
you're painting yeah. and if the answer is no to both then it's like two strikes and you're out for me uh also interestingly enough this auction is like 80 percent women yeah i was gonna i was gonna get there it's uh it's primarily women and black artists <clears throat> yeah so, there's a banksy that's like really shitty <laughs> yeah but like for example how would her affiliation or you know romantic affiliation with larry gozian would have led to her like in practical terms how would have it led to her topping the list at an auction at Sotheby's. What are the like machinations that have led to that? Uh, well, I don't know that what the timeline is exactly. And I don't know if like maybe, well, this is from May. They've already, no, I know. But I mean the, like the career ascension in general, because she was showing some random galleries. Then she had that show with Bloom and Poe. And I don't know if it's like, she was dating him or allegedly or whatever. I don't know how like on the record the relationship is, Mm -hmm. but um, I wonder if people like caught wind of it and it's like, Oh, she's like with him. Mm -hmm. I should like engage this work in my gallery. That's a good good point. Or if that Um, happened later. Right. But um, from what I've gathered, she's from a well-off neighborhood in Calgary from my inside source from Calgary. Mm-hmm. I think you also know this person. And, uh, she also studied in China at a painting Academy. Shady. Which, which kind of the style makes sense. It feels very much like those rendered. Yes. Those painting factories from China where, um, you know, where you get those Eliza Douglas-esque paintings from. <laughs> right. And then she went to RISD mm-hmm. and then appeared in New York. So, I mean, the average Canadian doesn't just, like, go to RISD right. um, for undergrad because, like, even to get the visa, you have to prove you have all the money. So Yeah. It's interesting. When you look at the list of artists and then you look at the artworks uh, that were available on the lot the one thing they kind of all have in common is that they're all very overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina Quarl is a Quarles or Quarles. I do not know the proper pronunciation. Um, Jennifer Packer, Lucy Bull, Bull Avery Singer, uh, Julie Maritou, which I'm surprised only came at uh, uh, number nine. Um, Carrie yeah. James Marshall, Matthew Wong, uh, they're very sort of like meticulous paintings. And then you have Stanley Whitney, who for sure, I mean, it takes them like, what, 20, 30 minutes <laughs> to make each, each work. And I'm not saying it in like a, you know, derogatory way. Some some artists are. I mean, the Adrian <laughs> Gennies are just, I don't know, not my cup of tea. No, they're very... It's like it, it's not that they're overworked, but it's like an overworked mind that created them. Yeah, it's like that idea could be expressed probably in a more painterly way, less belabored. It's just like a condensation of like the those the squeegee paintings of Richter and the Francis Bacon. There's just like two really heavy-handed, aggressive styles, like. Yeah. smushed into one canvas it's it's a little it's a little and, much and by the way for anyone listening if you still cannot keep up 
Google Sotheby's The Now Evening Auction, May 19th, 2022. Mm-hmm. And you will see what we're talking about. Um, Julie Maritou, who we've... Uh, I didn't realize she was part Palestinian. Is she? Yeah, that's what it says. Or no, no that's the... That's sorry, just the that's title. The, Oh. <laughs> Emergent Menara alg- Circle Palestine. Oh god, what an annoying title. Emergent <laughs> algorithm Menara Circle Palestine. Oh my god, it is an annoying title. It's just like so self regarding. <clears throat> uh who's Maria Berrio? Never heard of her. Yeah. Tracy M Emin. I I just really love these compositions. <laughs> <laughs> like them i just love wait, wait. them oh those uh, they're so yeah it's fine they're so i just hate all the drips yeah the drips are a little tacky like can't you fucking tilt the canvas enough so that it doesn't drip or like make your paint a little less watery um <sighs> avery's work th- th- this particular work that's uh it's been sold on this lot i don't mind it's like the older style more legible yeah, where you actually see the SketchUp file. Yeah. Or um, you can like you can sense like a uh <clears throat> a, a happening or like uh, hence like, the name of the painting, happening. Oh true. See, I didn't even see that. Great minds <laughs> think alike. <laughs> um Jennifer Packer. But fine. back to I, the Avery thing for a second. Yeah. It's like yeah, I do prefer this to the ones that really took off at auction, which are those very like shrouded by a like a black scrim you know where they're mm-hmm. very like vague visually you mean the ones that are practically black yeah yeah it's uh, just you you can't discern anything in those paintings yeah. um yeah uh, anyways who else well, can't wait for can't wait for the next now evening auction yeah Maybe we'll we'll be on it <clears throat> one day. You know, we should go to an auction next time I'm in New right. York. We should time it so we can report live. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Apropos all those like uh, climate change, like actions and museums, or like uh, spilling paint on paintings where actually nobody cares and the paintings are like well protected. So it's just <laughs> it's it's a moot action, Her- hermetically sealed. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to move the dial on anything, do that at an auction. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. At an auction, especially living artists, it's like they can just make another one. Yeah. Um, no one has the balls to fair. do that, though. Yeah. yeah. At, at an art fair. I mean, there was once a, a slashing at an art fair. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Poor Robbie Fitzpatrick was standing right next to that true. person. Two mentionings, one episode. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine if like two they them's pulled up to an Avery Singer painting at Sotheby's <laughs> and like s- sprayed it with something? Oh my god, it's a lot of money for somebody. Yeah. No, that's a happening. <laughs> um, well, it's okay because uh, some Getty Oil heiress money will just bail them out. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, if you had to, if you had the money and you could buy one painting off this lot, what would it be? Uh, well, let me go back to the tab. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, scrolling, scrolling. Not for flipping reasons, but for sentimental ones. I mean, I don't know if I have like sentimental attachment or interest in any of these, but okay, I'm scrolling. I would get the Carrie James Marshall. Okay, I see that. Yes, I think that's the most interesting work and the most historically significant and property sold to benefit Loma Linda University. I appreciate that. Well, the Virgil Abloh one goes to the, says a portion of the proceeds benefit the Virgil Abloh Foundation. Oh, whatever that's that, nice whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, can LVMH just like bankroll that foundation? I mean, I'm sure they do. <sighs> um, honestly, I think I would get the Tracy Emmond work. Let's see how big it is. Um, 47 by 72. Yeah, that would look nice in my living room. That would. Above your beautiful new green sofa by Hay. Thanks. <laughs> it was on sale. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love Not that work. Sponsored. It's like, yeah. I just am imagining like uh, art, art noobs uh, visiting my home. I think they would be able to enjoy this painting without any prior knowledge yeah. or background. I like it. It's also it's, it's it's abstract clearly with a an intention to like hint at some figuration, but it's just so unclear from this composition what it is. I mean, knowing Tracy Emmons, the specific body of work, you know where this is heading, but this particular specimen is just very abstract, and that's what I appreciate about it. Sort of plucking mm-hmm. out one specimen from a body of work that you're like you're intimate mm-hmm. with. Anyways. Um. Yeah, and the reason I guess I mentioned this this slot and this auction is because of this art review uh, piece from uh, December twenty first, uh, twenty twenty two, called "What Happens When Art Becomes a Luxury Accessory." Um, and it's it's pretty much about what you think it will be about, but at the bottom of the article, there's an interesting paragraph um, <clears throat> that talks about the following. Um, and I'm. Let me see what the interesting part is. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, sorry, I'm blanking here. You want to say something while I look for the uh, oh, for, look for the excerpt? Sorry to put you on the spot. It's, it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Does it refer to luxury still? Yeah. Okay. God damn it, um, I should be better prepared well, for this. Um, well, I'll just talk about my favorite luxury, which is um, <laughs> rec- reclining, uh, snacking, um, scrolling through TikTok. <laughs> oh, actually, I, here, I made a mistake. The, the article that was referencing the Sotheby's sale was a New York Times article called obsessed by the present who's got time for old masters from uh, january 16th so a week ago uh and it basically talks about the shift in like investors interests from like renaissance baroque and other classics towards the contemporary stuff which is like is evidence in the sale sales reports of sotheby's and christie's in like the past couple of years 
Um, and it basically says that, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Experts say that younger collectors often regard art from the distant past as remote and irrelevant and find the technical aspects of a sale off-putting. Old masters are difficult to approach because of the problem of condition and attribution, Turquin said. Today's buyers tend to be interested in paintings by artists who are under 45, not over 400. <laughs> so basically... Shady. Bas- yeah, basically like reduction in attention span yeah or it kind of reflects the sort of the reality of how like transitory or like not transitory but how fickle these new mega wealths wealths have become with you know the implosion of some like like fields such as like nft or bitcoin and stuff like that it feels like it's reflected in the auctions where it's like here i have this insane sum of money just take it off my hands i want to yeah. like i want to flip it just take it off my hands like any time consuming investment almost risks the industry that is like bankrolling it like uh risks mm-hmm. of collapsing in a sense <clears throat> that's that's also, my interpretation yeah also i think again if you go on tiktok and you see these rich people that pop up and the ones that like you can tell are not faking it. They're like on a private jet with their parents, etc. Uh, they're dumb. And like, it used to be different. Like, you're not smart because you're rich, but if you were born into a rich family, you probably like were educated and blah, blah, blah. And were groomed to have an appreciation for these things and the knowledge like associated with the things that like rich people should be into quote unquote and there's just nothing like sexy about being into old masters if you're like you know a millennial millionaire billionaire uh and there's also a social scene that comes along with it right so if you're engaging with living artists and the galleries uh that show them you know there's like events and dinners and studio visits and this whole clout of like, oh, I'm in with the artist, whereas the old masters are dead. So, like, what's the fun? Do you think this foretells the future of museums? Like, where do you see museums in light of this current moment in like 50 years if it if it persists? Mm. Like the Met. I don't know. I wonder, like... I think kind of as things move away in time you know, they just feel less relevant, of course. So, you know, there's paintings of dead artists that people are still very excited about, but they're like, you know, let's say within the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. But no one's like excited about these examples being shown in this article. Right. Like, I can't wait to go see the reading party (laughs) at the the Met. Right. (laughs) You know, whereas like people are like, oh, Helma Afklant was amazing. Like, it speaks to me. Yeah. Um, because Honestly, it's still relatable enough in terms of, like, the timeline where we are compared to that time. Right. I think we kind of we kind of live in an era of novelty. We think we're advanced, but we're really leaning into 
like simplistic and reductionist novelty in terms of like just mounting shows of like this first film like this first blank or like first yeah. blank doing this or that like this moment of novelty is gonna pass and i think maybe our attention spans will yeah yearn once again to like go back to the the origins um yeah yeah i'm just realizing now i guess that's why i've just kind of lost interest in so much of the contemporality that's going on right now because i'm just not i'm not phased by all these <clears throat> by all these like novel like quote-unquote novel shows like i don't i don't really care that helma alf clint was like a you know avant-garde like allegedly avant-garde female creator in like sweden and this and that like i don't care yeah. about all these like boxes checked in terms of her yeah. identitarian novelty it's like it's so i don't know it doesn't like it's not substantial enough to like hold water over time yeah because like in a hundred years from now like what what value will she have as that first allegedly first woman <clears throat> who was doing that yeah um also the whole point about like the old masters and the baroque and the classics and the renaissance and this and that is that uh you really you had a flooded field of artists who were making sort of who were you know uh, abiding or like going by the same structures and like aesthetic approaches and through that you could tell who's really good and who's not as good but in a, a field so diverse and like eclectic as the current moment in art it's like it's really hard to genuinely tell who's who's really good because not everyone's doing sort of the same thing. Yeah. Um, which makes me think and maybe segue to something else makes me think of Henry Taylor. Who's, uh, where was that tab? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, um, Henry Taylor has, a. they just published, uh, he's getting a retrospective at, uh, LA Mocha. This is from January 12th. And it just made me realize how the like the art, the artscape is flooded with like facsimiles of Henry Taylor. Oh, it's at true. the moment, like half the, not half, but like my algorithm on on Instagram keeps like pushing these like younger artists on me who are just like they really want to consider themselves cut from the cloth of Henry Taylor. Only there's something, and I I still have not been able to like elucidate or like. Um, really be able to tell what what makes his work so supremely better than his uh successors self-appointed successors but there's just really a quality distinction between his work mm -hmm. and others and this could only be discerned by the fact that there's so many people making something similar yeah it's through that that the true ta talent kind of shines yeah uh which kind of you know pulls the rug from under our constant bitching about the gay figuration because <laughs> there's so much of it at the moment surely you you will be able to like enjoy at least one person's work because th the quality of their work just really sticks yeah. out just just waiting for someone to be like um he's the white gay henry taylor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the fire island pines henry taylor yeah um, it's like there, there's there's thick thick yet flat paint usage yeah 
Um, uh, no, but I do love Henry Taylor's work. Right. I don't know why this article, why, why is it mentioning Alex, Alex Katz's paintings comparatively? Ugh. Ugh. I don't understand that. I guess, you know, there there is a very seductive flatness to Henry Taylor's work, but it's because the subject matter is so loaded and there's so much like pre-given depth to it that the contrast with the relatively flat and shallow surfaces kind of really activates the work at least that's what draws me to it and there are like you know splatters on the canvas and like there's visible sort of artist's hand kind of marks on it which i really like yeah Uh, there's like there's a delicate imperfection to every Every one of his canvases, I really like it. Yeah. No, and then uh, the Alex Cast for me, it's just too much like illustration. It is very like it's just it's illustrations. Yeah. Um, how do you like the new uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, monument? Oh, you, you want to go there? Oh yeah. Well, like everything. Um, all these hot potato issues that get so like culture war loaded, like the M and M's. Oh my god! <laughs> did you see? Uh, uh, did you see their official uh, tweet welcoming Maya Rudolph to the team? No, they should have just kept the M and M's and made Maya Rudolph the slutty green green M M&M, and M. <laughs> yeah, given back those white um, DeSantis disco boots uh, uh-huh. back uh as i said i'm the orange one which one are you amir (laughs) what are like the orange one's like nervous and has like this nervous expression constantly like of anxiety i'm i'm the slutty one (laughs) you are the green slutty one Mm -hmm. i'm also kind of the purple one and then at heart the slutty one (laughs) Uh, Actually, you know what? We're all the M and M's. We um, are, yeah. It's like though. It's like we're the Sex and the City characters. Exactly. It's like a little sprinkle of each color. Um. Yeah. So okay, the embrace by Hank Wells Thomas. Uh, as I okay, was telling you earlier. Wait, wait, wait. I'm let's let me let me employ a strategy that we employ in school when we talk about students. Okay. Okay. So when we do student review in school. It is traditional to first start with a positive. Oh, a positive, yes. Then a positive. Then, <laughs> and then, yeah. So first you start with a positive. Yes. Okay? Yeah, I also learned this in my UX design course about offering feedback to colleagues. Yeah. So uh, I do love the poetic nature of the work that it's not just, uh, let's say, a visual depiction of Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife mm-hmm. or just him. Uh, so it's about the embrace and it's based off of a famous photo of the two of them embracing, uh, after he won the Nobel peace prize Mm -hmm. where I have difficulty with this work is that it is all about the arms of the embrace. But I think this is a large hole because an embrace isn't about arms. An embrace really is about like bodies touching torsos faces and i think this way of kind of like disembodying or like decapitating or just making it all about like a body part Mm -hmm. i feel like that does not convey 
the embrace or that like special moment between the two of them. Right. And then from certain angles, it does look like an arm holding a penis. A huge dick. Yeah. Um, so, but then now I'll finish with a positive. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that it's a more abstract gesture than a mere statue. Um, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll start with a positive too. I, a general positive. I, when his work is good, it's very impactful, particularly when it's placed in a, like in a great strategic sort of point or vista such as, and I don't know if it's still there, if it's a permanent installation, but his, um, his, a f- arm like the sorry i'm just having a brain fart <clears throat> when you come off the manhattan bridge in uh, downtown brooklyn there's the the arm holding a fist up in the air that's like that's a it's a very poignant kind of striking <clears throat> visual to uh to enjoy as a spectator or even somebody who's not expecting any public art in that moment so when his work is effective it's really effective and i like it but with this work it's basically lacking <clears throat> a face and a heart, which is, as I was telling you earlier, in a text exchange, it's like the two things most valuable. Getting rid of those two things in any context, create yeah. like creative context, you're just getting rid of the soul of the of the work. Exactly. Basically. And I don't know, man, maybe this is the result of like four years. Um I'm gonna mince my words on this like years of pushing for like an intellectual a very like overwrought intellectual exploration of the black body so much so that it just like completely removes any any soul or life from the work by way of just viewing it in such like aggressively carnal like means um so much so that like i just i don't know how he like you know they they must have like mocked it mocked this up to like to death with like 3d renderings from every single point and like every single angle first of all how are you not seeing the like the embrace of like a huge dick angle and second of all like i don't know like were you surrounded by like yesayers was nobody there to like maybe say something about the fact that it's a monument to like a national figure that was is really like important in the like the lore of this nation and the soul and just like removing any form of like recognizability from it is like taking away it's like it's i don't know i'll say that word again soul i mean it's it's lacking in soul basically yeah i think what you said about like lacking heart and i think that works on so many levels with this um yeah i mean having said that i haven't seen it in person i'm sure it's striking and oh i'm sure it's very impressive and you know but it just uh, i don't know what are arms some other, on arms right what are some other works of his that you like and dislike mm. I guess he showed a smaller version of this uh, of this work at Jack, Jack Scheinman's. I'm just looking it up now. This is not like a, a 
a completely new work of art. Oh, I guess no. This I guess he like that was probably uh, the maquette he was showing or something. Yeah, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, which in like polished bronze looks even less uh, <clears throat> appealing. Yeah, I mean, like the the raised hand that you mentioned or the raised fist. I like, um, and then some of the other bronzes. He just like he really, but he, some of the he, work is so ad busters. Yeah, it's just so on the nose. Like, what do you expect from like a prominent black artist in this generation to make? Like, but it really feels like <sighs> late nineties ad busters, like um, an absolute ad parody of the yeah. bottle but it's a slave slave ship and it says absolute power and i'm oh sorry i don't see how those two go together it's like um if like the absolute company like the <clears throat> state enterprise of sweden that makes alcohol was uh in the slave trade which i don't believe they were yeah and yes that work makes the point. sense but it's just like besides the point exactly oh it'd be God. like having like a mcdonald's connection to slavery or something yeah and a uh a, a spoof of a uh, of an Amex card that's called Afro American Express. <laughs> Member since sixteen nineteen. Card issued to Hank W. Thomas. I mean, come no, on. No, it just feels very like art school. <laughs> it's very gosh and on the nose, you know. Or a uh, Photoshop version of Mount Rushmore with what? What woman's face is that carved into the side of the mountain? I don't recognize it. I don't even see my results. Okay, but I the, like the photography work. I like the like the bronzes. Um, it's just like all over the place, and not in the best possible way. It's like he really skimmed the like the surface of every like kitschy medium he could like put his hands yeah. in. I don't know, man. I guess that's just um, again I'm reduced to mincing my words but like in a field that's so much driven by money and appeasement you sometimes not get the most intricate and heady stuff but rather I'm just wondering if there was like a competition for this or was it like you know what well, I mean? How, how does it usually work? Usually these things have competitions, but I don't know. I'm going to look into it. I'm curious. Yeah, you But sure? then, because wait, it's on the Boston Common. There's Sculpture Garden. So I'm assuming there must have been competition, but you just never know. They mm-hmm. could have like reached out directly. and um, Like the new Grand Central Long Island Railroad Terminal, where there's a very prominent Yayo Kusama. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm. of all the artists living and working in New York, many who would really love to have that opportunity. Um, <clears throat> let's get the 93-year-old <laughs> who's right. a multimillionaire. Oh, my God. Um, I, You know, I just, I'm just happy that there's artists like Hugh Hayden who are such like incredible who is such an incredible craftsperson and it's coupled with a really like just like astute and like sharp take on things and the thought that he would be like continuously a presence 
in escape for years to come makes me happy and hopefully like his type of work is the future of you know the emergence of like really really smart black artists dominating public artwork uh rather than work like hank willis thomas's that's a little too on the nose i think we all deserve a little better <laughs> like i've been canceled a thousand times in the past five minutes um like i don't know man. well i mean i think as like gay men also it's like okay well the things that the market or institutions push forward in terms of queer art is also very on the nose yeah and very tokenizing and it's like there's very little wiggle room as an artist working within the box you're being placed to right and so like if only for example like a hugh hayden you know was given more opportunity and space um and other artists i mean he's he's getting there i, th- I mean no no he's... for sure but i mean yeah he shows with like good galleries and things and but it's like everything doesn't need to be on the nose and also people shouldn't be tokenized and like oh you're a queer artist this is the work you need to make you're a black artist this is the work you need to make and i mean the fucking hair pick the eight foot tall hair uh, like hair pick with the raised fist and the base of the hair pick like we we can all do a little better okay <clears throat> it's just so it's so tacky I'm going to make a giant bottle of prep <laughs> and or, a bottle yeah. of poppers. Yeah, a bottle of poppers. Paul and McCartney. a harness. McCartney. Oh, my God. Um, <sighs> let's, let's all, it takes a village. It takes a village to come out of this, like, really, really, like, aggressively reductive moment we're all in right now. We can all do better, okay? Yeah. The revolution will start here on Thoughts on Art. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah, we we went to a couple of museums. One of them, the the art galleries at the Vanderbilt. There's some exhibition that they're installing right now, so there was nothing else to see. We went to the Frist Museum, but what did we see there? It was so unmemorable that I'm gonna have to look it up. They don't have a collection, as I suspected, so there's not, nothing much to see except for the temporary exhibit, which was Matthew Ritchie, A Garden in the Flood. Never heard of him, and I can't say that I particularly enjoyed the work. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Um, yeah. Like, what is happening with, like, culture and art in recent years? Like, all of my, all of my like, heroes have just been producing so much drivel. So it's either that they've been producing drivel or that I am just like, I've just like outgrew it. Like I'm, I'm only saying it because it's just like, I realized there's like a new radio head, like offshoot called the smile. It's like Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and this oh like third drummer. And I was listening to it and it was just the most painful thing to listen to. Um, and the fucking Bjork album that sucked. Um, <laughs> And this is coming from a stan. Yeah, I love her, but it's just like, I, I don't get it. And also, don't give me any more TV recommendations, nor will I discuss the things that I watch with you, because 
we don't we don't share the same. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about oh. the gen the the common you. Um, because I've just become that carmagen. I don't like what you like, people. So <laughs> leave me leave me out of it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, like um, the Oscar nominations came out today, and my favorite film got nominated for Best Picture of last year. Which one? Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I did see the whale though, and speaking of which, like I oh normally, I want to see that. It's it was not good. I like oh, really? I really yeah I really like Darren Aronofsky. I fucking loved Mother exclamation mark with Jennifer. I Lawrence. love Brendan Fraser. I always thought he was very cute. I do, but it's just like first of all, I knew what I was getting into because it's Darren Aronofsky, so everything's dialed up to like 150. Uh, but oh the my God. Fa- Black Swan. Yeah, I loved it. But like the fat suit was not convincing. Oh my god. It was just not convincing. He looked like a representation of an a more morbidly obese man, but it just it didn't have the like I've seen enough episodes of my six hundred pound life <laughs> to know that that's not what a morbidly obese body looks like anatomically and in its movement. Yeah. It had no like it was just too stiff. Um, well, as as someone who feels like him right now, <laughs> no, <laughs> in my current body, <laughs> um, I saw Triangle of Sadness. I thought, like, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's like the best thing ever. So, what I, like, is that? Um, it's that one about the people on the cruise. It's like about rich people on a cruise and it just goes to shit. Okay. It's that same uh, filmmaker as, God, what was it called? Black Cube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the art world. The Black Square. Whatever. I can't remember anything. Like, like my film recollection is like The Devil Wears Prada, um, uh-huh. Sex and the City 2. Um, I mean, I saw, I saw Avatar. It was called the Black the, Square. Sorry, right. Um, I saw Avatar the other day. Um, and it's like, first of all, I, I was scared I was gonna have a seizure or something like that because of the mm-hmm. high frame rate. It's like forty-eight frames a second or something like that. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was fine. It was like visually speaking it was very impressive but that like don't don't go for the don't go for the articles oh sorry i have to make a correction it was called the square because i know some annoying listeners i'm like it's called the square (laughs) (laughs) sorry we love our listeners sure it's just like if anyone's ever been on radio or podcasting it's like really stressful talking at the top of your head. It is, yeah. And you can tell we're not highly produced like some podcasts. Yes. <laughs> some uh, people are like literally running a teleprompter, okay? So Well, maybe for our next episode we can reintroduce the chat GPT <laughs> to our our script. Oh, you have to pay for that now because oh, Microsoft really? bought it or has invested heavily. Yeah. Oh I think it's like forty dollars a month. Yeah. I was like excited that this podcast I listened to had met Matt Taibbi the other uh, the other week on for an interview, and I was really excited for it because he's like uh, he always has something clever to say. 
but he has such an extreme vocal fry, which is kind of oh rare God. for a man. Yeah. That I just I had to like pause it after ten minutes. It's unbearable to listen to his voice. So he should use his diaphragm. How like <laughs> even if I tried, I don't think I could, you know, affect uh, a, a vocal fry. Well, you know, like I know people that uh, sound like this. <laughs> it's just like you're not putting enough air in. It's like a very I mean, as a naturally bloated person, it might work for me, <laughs> but um yeah uh anyway oh just one last thing about the chat gpt it was yeah. funny though there were people that thought we were legit <laughs> oh yeah definitely especially a few friends new listeners they were like wow that <laughs> i didn't know what was happening i thought your podcast was just terrible which like it might be generally terrible but like <laughs> yeah i mean listen if if we felt like at risk of getting canceled our future episodes might just sound like a ransom letter. <laughs> um, <laughs> some uh, CCCP written script. Uh, or if, you know, if we expand it and all of a sudden our algorithm or our stats showed that most of our listenership has uh, shifted to uh, mainland China. Yeah. We'll do a John Cena style. <laughs> apology in mandarin <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god um having uh, having said that um shen yun is coming to town oh my god if anyone can get us tickets or hook yeah. us up we'll I, gladly I just, go i didn't pack a suit when i came down to nashville so <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i can go see it i hear they're pretty strict oh my god yeah i heard it's horrible the dress code like yeah. actually cheap production like i was assuming it would be like cirque du soleil mixed with communism yeah um <laughs> it's not no, but it's it's anti-communism isn't it wait is it falun gong um funding it i i thought that like it yeah it's like oh yeah yeah you're right you're right sorry sorry oh no because the sh- last show was called um it was like shenyun china before communism right that's that's what it is it's about like imperial china and like and the glory days right yeah and i think there's some like falun gong and like epoch times um uh connection well anyways i i got tickets to see our queen our old crumbling queen match (laughs) in august in madison square garden for the jealous For the 40th year celebration tour, best of, please don't fuck it up. Yeah, don't um, fall on your fake ass and break a hip. I think that's why she got that BBL, so that she can fall on it. Oh my God. Um, um, just like... Whittle down yeah. that chin. It's It's gone too far. I don't think it's even reversible at this point. You know, I even saw the trailer for the new Scream and like Courtney Cox can say whatever oh she wants about the reversal she did on her face, she looks abhorrent. Yeah, like it's her face looks it like I don't know if that's what happens to a face when you take out fillers, or if there's something she's not telling us, but she looks like decrepit. And just so no one says that we're only critiquing women's appearances. Um, I will say that I saw a photo of Calvin Klein today uh, spotted with his boyfriend of seven years and he looked atrocious. So I'm going to look him up. Um, 
cheek filler, creepy oh, yeah. skin. He looks like Katie Lang. Yeah. Like, yes, he's 79, but there's a lot of like 80 year olds that look great. It's just, yeah. he has decades of like insane face work piling right. up. Yeah. He looks like he could be Neil Patrick uh, Harris's <laughs> husband on Uncoupled. <laughs> His new boyfriend's cute, though. He's way cuter than that mess Nick Gruber that he dated back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just really, I am really not appreciating of the new trend in like plastic surgery that Ariana has clearly gone oh down that path. With it's just like a and Kylie too. It's like their jawline looks like like my painting, my illustrate, my drawing skills at the age of ten. <laughs> <clears throat> It's like well, two th- they look like they've had that K-pop surgery. Like when the you know a K-pop group of like fifteen girls get the same whittle down face. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Ariana Grande is not wearing her lashes or cat eye makeup. Mm-hmm. That's why she looks so weird to me now. Right? No, she looks utterly transformed on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do not approve of that. Yeah. Anyways, I will go listen to God is a Woman now. Okay. I I kind of struggle with her because you know for years I really didn't connect, but then over the summer as I was studying Talmud every day, I re- <laughs> I really got into uh, I really got into Thank You Next so much so oh. that I I really don't hear the fun or the genius in any other album of hers but only on this one and i just love it so much um but it's a great uh, album it's really good i just wish i like could connect to the other ones because clearly i mean thank you next is not that drastically different in like sound or vibe or mood than the other ones i just can't connect to the other ones yeah um i see that your your favorite song of the year was nominated to uh the upcoming oscars Rihanna's uh, Rihanna's oh okay shady <laughs> uh no lift me up is the worst as I tweeted the second worst Rihanna song the first being four or five seconds <laughs> with Kanye West and Paul McCartney uh that, that, song that wasn't horrible. so bad <laughs> it was terrible it's like campfire ditty um <laughs> And remember, that was like where it was taking her forever to release an album in yeah. Rihanna terms <laughs> yeah. before Anti came out. And then it was like that came out a year before Anti, and people were like, what the fuck is this garbage? Yeah. Um, and now, lo and behold, it's been seven years since the Rihanna album has come out. <laughs> um, because no. she has to sell ugly underwear on Amazon. Yeah. Yassified underwear. Um, well, she's yeah. also she's also a, a mother to a newborn. Okay, "Lift Me Up" is horrible. It's like it's sung horribly. The songwriting, which she had nothing to do with, is horrible. Yeah. Like I did not see the movie, so I can't attest to that. But it's like, just if it, it feels so phoned in the whole thing. Yeah, and it's like I'm so sorry you don't have the range for that song. Yeah, it's just like the weekend song at the uh, opening at the the closing credits of Avatar. I'm like you I just sat through like a three hour long hippie like extravaganza in three D and like a weekend song is how you oh close God. out the movie. It's a really poor choice. Uh, at least 
Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick by Lady Gaga is like a cinematic power ballad, which that movie deserves. It is, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of faded into the background. Like, doesn't it play in one scene, like halfway through the movie? On like an AM radio, much like in Twister. Yeah. <laughs> True. And then the credits hit and three seconds later the song plays. Right. Um, yeah. <sighs> Anyways. All right. Got any fun plans for the rest of the week? Mm, I'm gonna order canvas and paint and work on some new paintings. Oh fun. Uh but I did find a Latvian uh fabric wholesaler Ooh. that has cotton duck canvas. And I just ordered a 10 by 10 centimeter sample today that should arrive in 15 to 30 days. So is that produced by a group of uh, Latvian Orthodox nuns? <laughs> <laughs> it's from Uzbekistan. Oh, okay. So it might, might, might be from the, um, the Uzbeki Shmata trade. Uh-huh. So, uh, shout out to friend of the pod, Nadia. I don't think she listens to us, but, uh, she's, she's Uzbeki. So, there, there you go. Um, and how about you? I'm still hoping to make it to the James K. Polk House in Columbia, <laughs> Nashville. Uh, he was the what president? What number president? I forget. Eleventh mm. president. Uh, I just, you know, we 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 went on a really fun excursion to uh, Kinderhook to to visit the uh, Van Buren House. Oh, love that. Um, yeah, I just want to I want to visit every single presidential home before I die. Um, um maybe you can go visit Hillary and Bill in Chappaqua. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, run into her on a hike. Be like, "Yes, queen, you prevailed." Um, <clears throat> yeah, and there's also the the Andrew Jackson Hermitage option, but I don't want to get canceled. So if yeah. I go, no, none of you... That's a no. Yeah, if I do end up going, none of you will know about it, okay? <laughs> um, And you do not support him, I don't, but you can still see I him. don't support him. I don't support slavery. I don't support secession, okay? I just, I made it very clear and formal now. Anyways, yeah, and I think I'm going to get some, like, Cajun lunch around the corner from here. Mm-hmm. Send pics. Mm-hmm. All righty. This was fun and hopefully more substantive. Um, substantive. Substantive. Yeah. <laughs> I hope uh, our listeners. And, and if you have any uh, suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover. Oh, yeah. Please drop into our DMs. And don't forget to like us subscribe share us on all your socials spread the word yeah all righty all right talk to you soon amir talk to you soon choose choose